0: FM Breakfast Show with the double L team Lyle and Lawson. Welcome everybody. We are so glad you are joining us here on the Breakfast Show 876878 or 88 and of
1: course Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? I'm thankful for two things, Lyle. Two things. Firstly, last night I ate these things called s- somen noodles. Yes. And somen noodles are incredible. Okay. okay. They're cold noodles and you slurp them up and it's just like the best thing ever. Secondly, I have decided that I am the best slash most experienced board gamer on the planet, or at least in this in this room. Yeah, I know <laughs> I'm looking at both of <laughs> yeah, you. You're gonna have a easy, stiff competition easily, there with producer. Easily, selves. I am the best board gamer of all time. I cannot lose. I am the greatest, yeah. especially in this. In out of us three here this morning, like especially, you might be better than me. <laughs> you are not better than the producership. <laughs> I, I will, know. I kind of want to rile her Whip your backside. I had a really good run last night. We we're playing a game called Avalon thing, where you got like two teams and kind of facing off against each other, and you don't know who's on which team, and you're trying to like succeed. It's like really, really fun. It it involves a lot of misdirection, and I don't know. I guess I'm good at convincing people, so. Maybe that's a negative thing. Yeah, Maybe is, I'm just is a not, really this, good liar. This is not such a positive <laughs> thing. I'm just wondering, where is the positive in this, Lawson? Uh yeah. You do work
0: in radio, I'm, right? I'm struggling. In which you to are supposed
1: to have credibility yeah. when you share stories. That's right. And now I just realize I'm just a really, really good liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's alright, we can deny You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different.
0: And we're about to get into positively different news before we do. We're going to start our first question for our quiz today. Just a reminder, or just an announcement I should make, Mm -hmm. that we're only doing four days of quiz this week. This is due to AYC. We're going to have a special program on Friday in which the quiz won't be featured. And so we will be doing the draw on Thursday. So you have a few less options to get your name in the hat. I Mm -hmm. would suggest that you start getting your name in there right now as many times as possible. We had someone... They got their name in there 14 times last time. Wow. Okay, so someone... Uh, did they win?
1: No. They didn't even win, guys. But they didn't get in 14. The winner had their name in, I think, seven times. But you need to get your name in at least once. That yes. was a, uh, about yes. a month ago. I think it was the first week we did the quiz. The person who won the prize called up on Friday morning, put one entry in... And won it. And won it. <laughs> That's epic. So, guys, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I needed to tell you the question, though, first, which is earn yourself a treasure in heaven that will never fail when no thief comes near and no blank destroys that's a quote from the Bible if you know what that blank is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine if you give us the correct answer you will go in the drawer for the quiz you will get you know, get a get you get an entry and get your name in and uh, yeah just continue to answer questions today and you'll do so our prize for today is food as medicine by Sue rad an incredible amazing cookbook all about foods that can heal us and help our body whilst also being tasty and amazing but again that Clue was, earn yourself a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no blank destroys. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Tell us what that blank is.
0: All right, tell us the answer and your name will be in the draw. Lawson, give us some positively different news this morning. I
1: I love sports stories, but like yes. particular particular sports stories, not not just like oh this person. Tom Brady won the Super Bowl or something like that. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Uh, I really like the stories about like pushing the boundaries, you know. When when uh, Eliud Kipchoge ran a uh, sub two hour marathon, like I was, that story just wrapped me up. You know, I did all the research. I was like, this is amazing. But imagine Lyle, you're a forty year old woman. Actually, don't imagine that. Just you're not a forty year old woman. I with that, but anyway, but go imagine ahead. a forty year old woman. Okay, and you're a mother of three. And earlier this year, you actually—you're a triathlete. You had a bicycle crash, and you broke your collarbone, three ribs, and punctured a lung. That's a significant crash. You're one of the most celebrated triathletes ever. One of the most celebrated I, female I, I triathletes. I clearly ever. do not follow. Well, you are, triath- tri- but but l- listen, listen, listen. Imagine that you are this person, like. And you're 40 years old, and you've you've done everything there is to out do out there. World got championships, medals, got everything, and you have a big crash. And it's like maybe, yeah, I've made a living out of this. I've done everything I could possibly do. Maybe it's time to wrap it up. But probably Nicholas Spring did not think like that. Before wrapping it up, she's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to break the triathlon world record. I'm going to become the first woman ever to set a sub 7 hour not marathon sorry triathlon okay sub so the seven triathlon hour. remind me what sports are involved in the triathlon running cycling and swimming oh okay mm. uh, so uh, for 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 well what's the, the what's the multi one that has shooting in it that's the that's the Skeen, pentathlon the pentathlon skiing yeah, shooting that's right fencing like all that stuff yeah
0: yeah because that one at least gives you time to take a breath
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, you can, you can lay down on the snow and
0: take a few shots and then keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least yeah, you got yeah. to, no, get to stop and take this a few This is a, just go,
1: go, 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 go. Oh, <laughs> so I should say it was sub eight hours. Like, so the woman's record was eight hours and 18 minutes. Nicola's personal record is nine hours and 14 minutes. You might say, wait, how is she such a world champion, but she's an hour slower than the record? And that's because every race is different. You know, every race that's has right. different conditions, different Absolutely. Um, they, they're, they're over the same length. Particularly when you get to that swimming section, because that's done in the ocean, right? That, yeah, that's right.
0: You can, you can be dealing with currents. You can be dealing with wind. You can be dealing with waves. It's not like doing laps in a pool.
1: Mm. But Nicola gets out there. The woman's record is 8 hours and 18 minutes. Her personal record is 9 hours and 14 minutes. All right. She's now behind it. She gets out there and goes 7 hours and 34 Ooh. minutes. Ooh. She destroys her own record. She smashes her, own record, two hours ahead of by her own record by like an hour and a half, hour an hour and 45 hour. minutes. And she beats the world record by like over 40 minutes.
0: That's insane.
1: This is so amazing. So, she is a Swiss native. She is, again, one of the most celebrated triathletes of all time. And she is a, she's a 40-year-old woman. Like, and I'm by no means saying that that is old. I think, you know, 40-year-old, uh, f- being 40 years old, that's the perfect age to do a lot of things. But in terms of <laughs> triathlons, like, in terms of peak physical fitness, like, I think any 40-year-old can attest that you kind of... Go over your peak by that age. Usually, I don't know, Lyle. Like you, you're you're past that age. Would you agree with that? By the time you are forty, yeah. By you were the past- time I was
0: forty, I was past my peak.
1: Definitely. Okay. Physical the- peak. Physical peak. That's right. But I mean,
0: when it comes to mental ability, Lawson, no, I will run rings around you all day long. Just, <laughs> just, just saying. Just saying.
1: All right. Old man. Nah. anyway. <laughs> but uh, I think this story is so amazing. Again, like added in the context that just earlier this year in January, she crashed her bike, punctured her lung, broke three ribs and her collarbone. And she's like, no, she's I've, come back from that. I've still got one thing to do. Break the entire world record. In a way that it's going to be really impossible to break it for a long time to I, come, I would I think. I don't think maybe ever. I think like this could... This could possibly be, like, the unbreakable barrier.
0: There's always going to be somebody trying.
1: Yeah, that's right. She's
0: now set set a goal. Every other triathlete out there should be thankful because they now have a goal to aim for that is a better goal than what they had before.
1: But this is the thing. Like, the 818 was a goal. that, Like, that record stood for 12 years, Mm, and now she's beaten mm, it by 40 minutes. That's going to stand for a while. (laughs) So I'm like... My uh, prediction is it will stand for a while. I am very... I will be very... Like... I think what we're seeing here is basically, you know, you had someone come into, like, running, for example, sprinting, Usain Bolt, and whenever he participated, like, no one could beat him. There was a few select events, like world championships and stuff, but whenever he rocked up to the Olympics, he was a gold medalist, and that's simply because he was the best like he's though one percent of the one percent of the one percent. Like there there mm-hmm. is there is no one who is physically stronger or faster or whatever. And I think what we're seeing here with Nicola Sprigg is that she's probably at that level. I I at forty years old to do something like this. I'm like I'm, I'm doubtful as to when you do the triathlon. Which this. one of the which event do you do last? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the run. Okay. Yeah, you start off with the swim. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it goes that makes sense. Swim, cycle, run. Yeah, that makes sense. It'd be safer to do it that way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so if you did the swim last and you are running out of
0: energy, it's a bad thing if you drown. Drown. Yeah, that's right. If Whereas you did if the... you run out of energy when you're running, you can sit down the side of the
1: road. That's right. If you run out of energy during the bicycle or race, you'd take everyone out and have a big crash. So that's kind of scary. Uh, oh, yeah. Lyle. Yes. This next story answers every question you've ever had about battery technology. Because every time I'm like, yeah, electric cars, batteries, you're like, oh, yeah, but lithium ion, lithium batteries, they're so toxic, they're so awful, awful da, da 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 And uh, we all agree with you. And they're charged charge with coal. That's right. And made with coal, blah-blah-blah-blah. There has just been a battery that has been created by an Italian startup that is now going into their production phase where they store energy from, like, electricity by converting the electricity into CO2 in this dome, and then when they want to dispense it, they convert it back, and that's it.
0: Right. Yeah. I thought battery technology was about getting rid of CO2.
1: But the CO2 is inside the battery. It's inside the dome.
0: So couldn't we just then grab CO2 out of the air and use that to make electricity and then we get less CO2?
1: I mean potentially maybe that that's awesome that's a great maybe, idea. maybe I've answered that's a, that's a, maybe a great... I've
0: answered all the questions there is on back But well
1: hey listen listen this these is, guys is,
0: Okay so it's it's is it in a, How big of a dome is this when you uh, say dome I'm 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 not sort of thinking of something you put in your pocket I'm thinking of something no, that No 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 this
1: is like a big old big thing like
0: so this is a battery that's going to, what, run a car, run a house, going to run a city, going to run... So
1: this like this is a battery where you have an entire field of... Uh, dome. D- no, not dome, not an entire field of dome. Like like an f- entire field of solar panels that all feed back into this one battery station that's like this big dome that's like as big as a house.
0: Okay, what well, can you run off of?
1: Everything. Like a whole city? How many houses can you run off this battery? I. This is what I oh would God, like. How to many know cars as well. can you charge with it? I think a lot. I think if it's storing all the energy from those solar panels, then probably a lot. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We
0: are about to have another question for our quiz. Remember, the quiz only runs until Thursday this week, so get your answers in
1: while you can. All right, for how many shekels of silver did Abraham purchase the field of Machpelah? 669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. If you do, you will go into the draw to win at food as medicine. And as well, it's kind of companion give-out book, A Taste of Food is Medicine. So not only can you receive a cookbook that will be an amazing blessing to you because it's full of healthy, awesome recipes with foods that can heal you and just taste amazing, but also you can give out the companion book too so that other people can experience it and then be convinced that your cookbook is amazing. And then they'll come over to your house and you'll cook for them. So basically, we're just helping you to make friends. That that's what we're cool. that's what we're doing here. That's yeah. that's if you win this prize, you will make more friends, including us. We want to come to your house as well. If you own these cookbooks, please cook for us. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And again, that question was uh how many shekels of silver did Abra- Abraham purchase the field of Machpelah?
0: Okay, so coming through on the text message here, I have some good news. I got my Faith FM mug in the mail yesterday. Looking forward to my dandelion chai today. Oh, let's go. That's from Suzanne. So apparently you can get mugs, which is a great idea, and you can get in contact with Faith FM, go to the Faith FM website, and we're going to play an ad for it in just a moment, which we play from time to time. So, um, yeah, it's all there. Mm. Jump on the website, grab yourself a mug. That's awesome. Faith FM mug. All the best. All right. All the better. Okay. Let's go to more serious news this morning. Let's talk about, we're going to start talking about Juneteenth uh, in the United States. Mm. This is an annual celebration that takes place, which I don't really know a whole lot about. So I was doing a bit of research into it. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson has just done a speech in the United States about the importance of Juneteenth. So this is a federal holiday. Mm that marks the date in 1865 when enslaved people in Galveston, Texas, finally learned that they were free two years after Abraham Lincoln had signed the Emancipation Proclamation. Mm. And so this took a little bit of time for it to work its way through. Of course, they had to finish winning the – well, they had to win the Civil War Mm. before it could happen, and then it had to filter out to the states. And this was finally when – all African-Americans in the United States were finally free. Of course, That's awesome. uh, Dr. Ben Carson, who is the world's uh, most premier uh, neurosurgeon, mm. is African-American. He says Juneteenth is important because it, uh, it actually efficiently recognises the emancipation of the slaves and slavery was a horrible thing. There's no question about it. He goes on, he says, but we... But I think we need to recognise that slavery has been a part of virtually every civilization since there has been written history, which is so true. Mm. And whenever you, know, you have a celebration like this in the United States to celebrate the end of slavery, it sort of makes me wonder, you know, should we have the same thing worldwide? Yes. Because we need to remember the doing away with slavery and we also need to remember that slavery still exists and there are more people enslaved mm. now than what there was in the eighteen sixties
1: in the United States. Yeah. Well I think it's like the date of Juneteenth itself is like a federal well, holiday. Yeah, as you it's, said. it's it's specific to the United States. I'm wondering whether we can come up with one for the world. Mm.
0: Because slavery slavery is a horrific thing that we never want to see come back and we need to we need to know our
1: history of it. Mm. Well, Jews have their own holiday to celebrate emancipation from slavery. It's called Passover. Yes, and also Purim is another one, another Mm. Jewish one, to celebrate
0: the end of slavery for them, for their their culture. Mm. Okay, continuing on from there, he says, this is what we need to be teaching our children. We need to enhance that. We need to learn from that. We need to build on that uh, that rather than back and dredging up every negative thing we can find and saying that this is... What we are, and that we can't get away from it. Mm. We in America have actually done something that no one else really did. That is, we had so many people who opposed, who are opposed to it, that we fought a civil war, a bloody civil war, lost a large portion of our population to get rid of this evil, and that that, that says something about this nation as a people. We're not mm. all the same. We have a lot of different opinions. But our overall tendency was to move toward freedom and justice mm. for people. I think this is a good speech. I think this is, you know, I would have liked to have seen America got rid of slavery without fighting a civil war like other countries did. But the fact that they did and the fact that they were prepared to to do so shows that there were a lot of people in that country who felt passionately about, enough about the issue to give their lives for it.
1: I, I Yeah. I and think, that's
0: what we need to remember. We need to focus on the positive.
1: Yeah. the, the Like the civil war is a horrific bloody tragedy yes like it's terrible but i i think it's actually probably one of the most inspiring conflicts to ever take place because it was fought on the grounds of what morals do we stand for yes although it was fought over states rights
0: rather than slavery but slavery was the issue in states yeah that's right exactly so yeah yeah. Mm yeah No, it's 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 a good thing, and I think that you know slavery is something we need to be aware of in Australia. It exists in Australia, but you know, very very illegally. It exists in pretty much every part of the world uh, illegally, and Mm. we need to be aware of slavery, and we need to be doing whatever we can to rid the world of slavery. Mm. All right, moving to Scotland. What, what what's in Scotland? Scotland, they just had a religious liberty case over there. Oh, uh, so this is Ievengus Kavalkovs.
1: That is guy's name. That's an epic Scottish name, right there.
0: Yeah, that's actually a Russian name. Oh, really? Yes, uh, because he's a member of the Russian Orthodox Church. He was fired from his job with uh, with Chicken Wholesalers, Two Sisters Food Group Limited, mm-hmm. uh, in Cooper Angus. For refusing to take off a silver necklace. So, this is an interesting case. So, this is a silver necklace that obviously uh, icons and so forth are very, very important to Orthodox people. Mm. You know, for me, a necklace is a necklace. I don't wear jewelry and I never would. And I don't need to have a cross hanging around my neck. I would hope for people to see me as being a Christian. Mm. Sadly, too many people put a cross around their neck today and then behave in an unchristian way. Yeah. And that's really bad advertising. It's actually really trendy. Like, the, yeah, the people, which is mm, kind of lame. It's just sad. But anyway, for him, this was a part of his religion, mm. as it is with Orthodox people, and he was told that he had to take off this particular cross. He was hired from this. He was hired in this job in uh, November 2019. He was promoted to be a quality inspector. Uh, the th- the cross, This particular cross had 30 links in it mm. uh, that represented each day that had been sanctified during his. God Child's Baptism Ceremony. Mm. So once again, something that you know I'm not familiar with in my faith uh, tradition. This is something that the Orthodox do and that I don't do, so this is very different from me. But we need to respect every person's religious liberty to serve God according to the dictates of their conscience. And this was something that was important to him. Now, the company policy that was that employees are forbidden from wearing any jewellery in the production areas on site.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm familiar with this. I was a tradie for five
1: years. I worked in a workshop. There was no
0: jewellery allowed in the workshop.
1: Which is a bummer for you, right? Like Because yeah. you were just so wrapped never, up. I've and... never worn a piece of jewellery in my entire
0: <laughs> life. Uh, they did have an exception for a simple wedding ring, mm-hmm. which some companies do and some don't. Uh, they also had an exception for religious jewellery, Provided it went through a risk assessment, mm. so that so long as it will break easily, that's really all they need to know. If it gets mm. caught in the machinery, it's going to snap off. Mm. Uh, anyway, the person in charge, a Miss McColl, did not do the assessment, fired the guy. He, the court found that his dismissal was based entirely on the fact that he did not declare the necklace during the induction course when he first joined the company. Well, that's kind of pretty irrelevant. Mm. because you can choose to join a new religion after you have joined the company.
1: Yeah, that's
0: right. What happens then? And you start wearing your religious jewellery, then you put it through the risk assessment and take it from there. Uh, but they refused to give him the risk assessment, fired him. Now they're in all kinds of trouble. He's got fined $26,000 and given his job back. Mm. Anyway, that's... That's really just just persecution in Scotland. Let's try it in Sudan where a pastor and an evangelist just got arrested uh, because, well, like the story yesterday, they sang hymns, but this time in church. Oh, okay. And the neighbor could hear it, and because the neighbor could hear it, that was evangelism and that was... That was forced conversion. Forced conversion. He was particularly worried about his children because... Like his children were starting to sing the hymns from the church next door. Wow. Yeah. So they've been arrested. Uh, Watch this space. Sudan has a very long track record of bitter persecution against its Christian population of 2 million people, which has eased somewhat in the last two years. But it looks like it might be coming back again. Let's Mm. pray for our brothers and sisters in
1: Sudan. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have a quick clue for the quiz right now before we get into an interview with Daniel Collier about Hebrew, but right now, have a listen to this. The Israelites were instructed to bring as a jealousy offering what kind of flour to test the marital faithfulness of their wives. Oh, this is a very obscure question. But zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text if you know the answer. Our prize for this week is "Food as Medicine" by Sue Rad. A couple different versions of it. But again, that question is: the Israelites were instructed to bring a jealousy offering of what kind of flour to test the marital faithfulness of their wives yeah and oh by the way that flower that type of flowers f-l-o-u-r so kind of cooking material 0491 064 669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer but right now this is daniel collier and lyle with a hebrew interview Joining us in the studio this morning is Daniel
0: Collier. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And of course, Daniel's been studying Hebrew lately and learning all kinds of interesting things about the Hebrew language that just give us insights into the character of God and who God is, different ways that we can actually understand the Bible. So we did have uh,
2: an episode of this particular series a few weeks back. I think it was the June 1st online, if you go and check it out. There you go. In the streaming, streaming section of it. That's where you will find it. You looked in the history of Hebrew, which was really interesting. Yeah. What are we talking about today? I think we're talking about the alphabet today. We are talking about the alphabet. The A and the B. Aleph, Bet. Okay. That's where the word comes from. Right. Aleph B. Aleph. That makes sense. Yep. It, I'm learning things already. It all has an origin point. And it's so important that we look at this because it basically denotes the history of the world. Yes. And that's important because we have this false history that's been presented to us through time. And when we look at the Bible, it tells us the real history. It does. So we can look back here, look at the Hebrew, and as you said, it, it reveals so much more about God when you understand the complexity of the language and sometimes the simplicity of it too. So the simplicity of the Hebrew language, is it more simple
0: or more complex than English?
2: Well, oh, look, it's, for me it's difficult to determine because when you know a language and you're learning another one, course, <laughs> yeah, you know it's a that's right, that's right, absolutely. When I first started getting into Greek for the second or third session or semester of, of college that I was doing, I looked at it and went, oh, another one. Man, i <laughs> I already got my head swimming with Hebrew and now I'm going to have to try and move. To, but Greek would be a little bit easier because the letters are more similar to the English, Yes, but, whereas the Hebrew are, are symbolic and more like cuneiform, which was their original original form. So how many, how, many, how many letters are there in the Hebrew alphabet? Uh, it's 22. 22. Okay, so a
0: little bit less than ours? Yes, but and also then you've got the five vowels. So the Jots and Tittles? Yes. What what it calls, in the the King James Version, it refers to them as dots and tittles. That is correct. So you've got 22 characters, but no
2: vowels. The vowels come in as... dashes and dots. dashes and and dots. Little symbols uh, below or next to particular letters. Uh, But having said that, don't forget, two of the letters are silent. You don't pronounce them.
0: Okay, okay. We have
2: some letters that are sometimes silent. We do, but it's situational. Yeah, and that's just, the, just to mess people up that are learning English. Yeah, because every single letter we have has a sound, can be pronounced, and is yes. used majority of the time it's in a sentence or a word, whereas these two letters in the Hebrew... Are always silent. Are always silent. You don't pronounce So
0: them. what is their purpose and why are they always silent? It's, I'm asking a bunch of questions here this morning. I know you, <laughs> you've got something
2: else you want to talk about. It's just like, what is going on here? It's, it's pretty crazy. I think there's a, a system of it being um, very malleable. Yes. In the sense that it's like when you look at the word for thousand, large group, an army, it's the same word. Yes. Because it's conceptual. A lot of the stuff they do is very conceptual in there. Yes, So that's what I mean. And it's,
0: contextual as well. The, t- yeah. the context will tell you,
2: is this a church congregation or an army? 100%. Like you look at the word nasa and Neshar, technically in ancient Hebrew it's written the same but it depends on what context you're using it and which version you'd use. So NASA is to lift or bring or carry. nasa is to deceive. Oh. So if you've got NASA, <laughs> lift, bring, carry, rockets taking off.
0: Okay, the national... But obviously people um, who... Aeronautics, space...
2: Association, <laughs> then oh, got- we,
0: which, which, which brings us to the other idea we had for a series, A series which was to do conspiracy theories. Yes.
2: Conspiracies, particularly Bible conspiracies, but um, we'll get through this one first and then we'll look at <laughs> Daniel and I both enjoy a good conspiracy theory we time to time. Always, always down for it. Always yep. down for a discussion on that. Yes, definitely. So yeah, right. people look at, look at um, Nassar and Nasha and go, oh, well, Nassar's... Lift, bring, carry rockets taking off, and other people are like, no, it means to deceive. I'm like, well, you know, it's <laughs> put it in <laughs> which, context. What which are they one doing? Is it going to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's dig into it. What have we got here today? Okay, so actually, we've got. If you jump on the Facebook page right now for Faith FM, yep, there are a few infographic pictures there that you can follow along with. Yes, and while you're there, if you haven't liked the page, please do so. Yes, share it with friends, follow, and try and keep engaged with the updates that are coming. Absolutely. This way, you'll be able to see all the wonderful goings on of the Faith FM radio team. It's not just and it's another record, way of though. contacting There's, us. Yeah, exactly. There's tons of tons of shows going on now, more live content, which is really great. And we're really really happy with. Uh, so let's look at the the alphabet. So we start off with Aleph, which is technically used for A, but as I said, it's not. It's it's one of the ones that's not pronounced, and that is an oxen head in its old form. Okay, so a hieroglyph? Yep. And it means strong power or leader, okay. which is why it's always used for various names of God, if you need that. You've got strong power, leader. He is the name above all names. Okay. So like Adonai. Yes. And Elohim. Because the Aleph, even though it's sort of, you know, is an A, mostly used for it, it's the non pronounced letter and can be used as an E if you put the dots and dashes differently underneath. Okay. I'll believe you. <laughs> See my course never covered Greek and Hebrew. Nitty gritty of it. Okay, second letter is B, which is a B or a V sound depending on context for it. Yes. Which can be confusing if you don't recognize it. why is there a V in the middle of this letter or why is there a V at the start of this letter when it's clearly a B? And that was originally drawn as a tent floor plan. And it symbolises family, house, or inn. Okay. So, you see, you start so somewhere, when, somewhere where you uh, live, your yep. dwelling, dwelling place. Yep. And when you start to put this stuff together, because of the different meanings, you can make up and see how names and words are formed. And as I said last time, they all come from a, a basic three-letter root word that can essentially, you know, if you know these, you can pretty much figure out any any word in the Hebrew language. Then we've got uh so we've got Aleph, Bet, and then it's uh, Gimel, which is a foot drawn like a little hooked, almost like a uh, upside-down staff, I suppose, or upside-down cane. Mm-hmm. And that is gather or walk. Then there's Dalit, which is a door, shaped like a little round upside-down pyramid, sort of. Uh, and that's move, hang, or entrance. Then we've got Hey, which is a man with his arms raised, which is look, reveal, and breath, which I talked about last week with the... Breath of God being added into Abraham's name. Then we've got Vav, which is a tent peg, and that's add, secure, or hook. We've got uh, uh, Zayin, which is a mattock, which is food, cut, and nourish. It's, it's like, like a, a hoe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've got He, which has got that, you need that breathy sort of sound to it because it's got a different different ending to the He. And it's a tent wall, which is wall outside, divide or half. Teth which is a basket, means surround, contain, or mud. Yod is an arm and a closed hand, which is a hand or work or throw or worship. Kupf, which is an open palm, which is bend, open, allow, or tame. We've got Lam, which is a shepherd's or lamed, which is a shepherd's staff, which is teach, yoke, authority, and bind. Mem, which is water, water, chaos, mighty blood. Nun, which is seed, and means seed, continue, air, or sun. And you've got sin, which is a thorn, which means grab, hate, protect, which is interesting. That sin comes uh-huh, up as hate. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got iron, which is i, which is see, watch, know and shade. And then we've got to fey, which is a P and an F depending on its context, which is nice and confusing again. Yes. <laughs>
0: is... Yeah, we have the P-H. We, so we
2: have so many things
0: in our English language just to mess with people who are learning the English language and then we, then we complicate it even more by having Australian English or American English or British English or New Zealand English or
2: whatever else kind of English it might be. And all our idioms. Yes. So the Hebrew has some of these things as well just it to does. mess with people. Yeah, just, just to throw a little, little bit of <laughs> My daughter's actually, she's in kindergarten now and she's learning. She brings home the sight words. Yes, and she'll say to me and sit there and go, "Dad, is trick and lick rhyming?" Yes, Eleanor. Okay, she'll look at words and, and see the ending, and she'll go, "Does man and Pam rhyme?" I'm like, "No, because Pam ends in an M." And, but you know, watching her develop and grow and understand is amazing. Uh-huh. And I sort of look at it because she's she's come across a few of the traps in the English language. You know, I before e except after c. Yes, and then you get a word like weird.
0: Oh, and a whole <laughs> slew of other ones as well. <laughs> Feisty. <laughs> don't, <laughs> <It's> even, <laughs> don't even get started on English. It's dust. suddenly actually making me think that Hebrew might be simpler. I think so. What's interesting about the Hebrew, and as you're going through it here, the thing that's jumping out to me is you've got a hieroglyphic language that is phonetic mm. because your typical hier- hieroglyphic language, say, for instance, traditional Chinese or Egyptian, which are probably the two most famous ones, you have a different picture for each word. Yeah whereas here you have a different picture for a different sound yeah but it's still pictures that have I'm wondering whether the letters that we use you know in our latin alphabet originally were pictures of something more than likely it 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 seems that that was how written languages began and developed from there and have kind of become unrecognizable
2: from where they started yeah i mean and there are actually a few languages in the world that they can't decipher
0: yes yes uh, for instance geez uh, which is a very ancient language that 's used in Ethiopia I' was spending some time there, and they 've got all of the resources there that they need you know multilingual inscriptions and so forth, but nobody's ever spent the time or bothered or been interested enough to actually uh, translate it and so it's it's it 's never been deciphered and understood, and there would be so much more that you could read that if if we could, you know people can still speak the language. Uh, they still use it in worship services, they still use it in songs. the words still exist, but nobody knows how to read it it 's crazy isn't it it's yeah. crazy that, that and that would be lost. so much, it would be so much easier to interpret than, say, for instance, um, ancient Egyptian, where nobody speaks it anymore you know that, that the the person who who i 've forgotten his name, who deciphered Egyptian
2: hieroglyphs, i mean what kind of a genius is that? <laughs> how much time do you have? about fourteen years, I think it took that's crazy. Yes. See, we've got computers now. There was—I uh, I don't like—I've got nothing else of the story other than the bare bones of this. But there is a language that they found on a tablet somewhere that they've actually input into a computer algorithm, and, and even the computer can't figure out yes. what the language is saying. Yes. Like a complex computer that can solve calculations in a nanosecond can't figure out through all its thousands of combinations of trying to, to, to decipher it, cannot understand what the tablet has written on it. <laughs> and that's it would it'd be more upsetting if we weren't going to find all this out in heaven because you wouldn't know yes, that's right, so yeah you know, atheists who desire nothing but knowledge and can't ever take uh, an answer of look i I honestly don't know God doesn't reveal everything that they, they won't accept that as an answer but <laughs> The funny thing is, we're going to find out all the answers they want. Ah, the we are indeed. Time. We are indeed. Okay, we're gonna
0: we're gonna move quickly because uh,
2: let's let's um, finish off the alphabet. Finish off then the then alphabet real quick, and then let's learn some lessons from it. A little bit of a talk. Okay, so uh, pay or fay is mouth, which is open, blow, scatter, and edge. Saad, which is a trail. It's a journey, chase, or hunt. You've got cop, which is sun on the horizon, which kind of looks like um, the middle of the Aboriginal flag if you had no colours, just the line with the circle. Yep. Going through. Uh, Then you've got Resh, which is head of a man, which is head first, top, beginning. You've got Shin, which is two front teeth, which is sharp, press, eaten two, And Tav, which is crossed sticks, meaning mark, sign, signal, and movement.
0: Fantastic. Okay, so what have we got? uh, what, What can we learn from all of
2: this? Well, I think that getting into Hebrew and understanding the basics of it helps you to really get into your Bible more. When you start to be able to break it down and look at the importance of why particular words were used. like Let's take image, for example. In Genesis, God said, let's make man in our image. Then Moses goes on later to write, um, Seth was made in Adam's image. Now, the different words that are used, I think it's Salem and Dalim. I have to look it up. It's off the top of my head. Basically, what God's saying is, let us make man in our image with love, personality characteristics. Whereas when it's talking about Seth, he's made in a physical likeness of Adam, genetically, biologically, and full of sin. But in our Bible, it's image and image.
0: Oh, we just lost a whole bunch of complexity, really compl- complex yeah. details, yeah. nuance. We lost lost a bunch of nuance, big time. Yeah, and, and, the and then of, of course stuff. you've got "Make no graven images," which is a different context again. Yeah. and we would miss all of those nuances without understanding Hebrew.
2: So through the Torah he uses image five or six times interchangeably different ones for different meanings at different points and we don't get that in English
0: for very specific reasons.
2: Yes it, hurt, it hurts me to know that <laughs> feeling like we're, we're reading a watered down version of what we should be reading.
0: Well, that's always the way with a translation. It is, I know. But Every
2: translation is a watered down version. It doesn't make it sting any less. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, indeed. And, you know, when you look at, say, for instance, the Islamic religion with the Quran, that's one of the reasons why they refuse to class a translation as an official Quran. Yep. You have the Holy Quran, which is in Arabic. If you have a translation on that, of that, it's called the Honoured Quran. Mm. It's not the Holy Quran, it's the Honoured Quran
2: yeah. because it's the watered down version. And look, you I know, just want to put it out there. I'm obviously not anti-Bible in English no, because if you no. didn't have the Bible in English, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it would be a lot of trouble. And this is
0: one of the advantages we have as Christians, I think, over Islam is that we do honour the Bible and every language that we have it in, but we also recognise that every translation is a translation and there are no
2: translations that are without fault. Yeah, and, and you know there is a complexity of the Gospel that when you deep dive, you just keep going and going and going and going and it's great, but there's also a simplicity to it for those that don't understand the complexities. Yes, There needs to be a simplicity because God is all-loving and he wants as many people with him in heaven as possible.
0: See, when I run out of things that I can learn in English... I'm going to learn Hebrew. Amen. And I'll go another level lower. Praise the Lord. I'm kind of thinking I'm probably not going to run out of things I'm going to <laughs> learn in
2: English because <laughs> every time I read my Bible, I learn something new. But you could—I mean, you go on, go on YouTube. There are multitude yes. of people teaching videos, information out there for you, even if it's just a very basic level of here's where it's at. Go from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Build, build that understanding because then it helps you want to dive further into your Bible and there's nothing wrong with that.
0: No, that's for sure, that's for sure. Okay, is there a couple of other quick illustrations you can give us? We are uh, very much um, running out of time here, but a couple of quick illustrations that can help us to understand a little bit more how the Hebrew language can open up the Bible to our understanding.
2: Well, we can look at a few names. Okay, David has a deep biblical roots. means beloved. It's derived from uh, the Hebrew name, David with a W, so David, mm-hmm. as it is, uh, which evolved from the Hebrew word dod, which is what beloved means. Okay. So it, it comes out from there and they turn it into a name. Now, I'm going to touch on a bunch of names next week that will blow some listeners' minds on different meanings and how it all comes together in the Bible. I'm not going to spoil it because it is just one of the most fantastic things I've ever discovered.
0: And this is one of those interesting things because, I mean, hey, when you got your name, uh, Daniel... As a kid, you know were your were your parents looking at the Hebrew meaning of your name? you have a Hebrew name, uh, or were they just like, "I like the name Daniel I mean in Western society, we
2: generally pick names that we like the sound of it. Well, my parents went really biblical I'm Daniel Luke, my brother's Adam Mark oh okay, so your parents <laughs> they were on the money on the money <laughs> can't miss with that, but I mean you don't you know we have you look at john matthew Mark, Luke, those names are basically timeless, yes. But they're quite like Eleanor, my daughter. It's a bit of an old-timey name. But we used yes, it so it's one of those ones of that a, cycles around every, yeah, yeah. say, 78 80 80 80 years. Sort of retro. And yes. it, it, it works for, for this time. But it's, um, I mean, you know, Lyle is an island. That's right. There's nothing further back that I could find. Michelle is a form of Michael, which is one who is like God. That's right. And you know, Michelle, you Michael, Michaela. Mike, K, L. The L at the end is the God part of it. Yes. The first bit is one who is like, and then you've got God at the end. Yes, when we shorten it down, produce a shell, it kind of loses some of its meaning. It does. (laughs) And you know what, I used to hate my name being shortened. Absolutely hated it. 27 years, every time someone's like, hey Dan, I'm like, no, it's Daniel. My parents named me Daniel, that's what you'll call me because they instilled that in me. And you leave the L on the end because that's the part that refers to God. Well, when I got the cops everybody like three first day 300 people hey Dan hey Dan I'm like I can't fight this (laughs) it's not gonna happen I don't want to be that person that's like don't call me that
0: (laughs) Daniel it's been great to have you on the show today
2: thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM